Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap. All right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're going to live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria. February 17 to 19. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audrey Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking all things to do with adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency with naturopath Jules Galloway from Byron Bay in northern New South Wales. Jules is the founder of Shiny Healthy You, a weekly podcast which also features on the Wellness Couch, where she shares some of her naturopathic wisdom in order to help tired women feel well again. So to tell us more about adrenal fatigue, I'd like to give a warm, healthy shift worker welcome to Jules. Yay! Hey, Audra. (laughs) How are you going? I'm good. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for joining me, uh, Jules. Uh, It's great to have you on the podcast, and I know that you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed because you've just returned from a bit of a holiday. Is that right? I know. I had uh, six days in Noosa recently. It was just magic. It was absolutely magic with a couple of girlfriends as well. So we had a beautiful, healthy holiday um, where we did lots of fun things during the day and we went stand-up paddleboarding, went to the beach and ate all the good food um, (laughs) and then did like mud masks and sat under the full moon at night. It was pretty cool. Oh, cool. That does sound great. Wow. So you're a bit of a stand-up paddleboarder, are you? Uh, I've done it twice now, so I don't know if that qualifies yet, yep. but uh, <laughs> I'm on the board more than I'm falling in the water, so I think that that's almost, yeah, you could almost say yes. Yeah, that's impressive <laughs> yeah. if you've only been on a couple of times, so yeah, cool. Well, that sounds great. I was actually up at Noosa myself only a couple of weeks ago. Um, we stayed at Lake Waiba, just near Noosa, so yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, it's like God's country up there. It's so gorgeous. Mm. A, bit, a bit like Byron. A bit like Byron. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, look, just to kick off the interview, uh, Jules, I'd love to kind of hear your story, as I'm sure our listeners are. I mean, how did you get started in naturopathy? Was it something that you were always interested in from a young age? Well, I grew up always wanting to help people. 
that was that was something that I had in me from a very early age. Uh, and I guess I think I, apart from wanting to be a ballerina, I, I really wanted to be a nurse, believe it or not. So I grew up, you know, being interested in medical the medical system and wanting to help others and I, I played doctors and nurses a lot and <laughs> all of that sort of stuff. Um, but then it, it kind of fell by the wayside because I had a bit of a traumatic upbringing and I actually left home when I was 16 um, and I was homeless for a while. Um, so I left an abusive situation and went out on my own in my late teens and then I just completely went off the rails for quite a while. Um, so, you know, I was, I was in survival mode for quite a while. Um, it was quite difficult out there, you know, trying to make my way in the world. And so any kind of career ideas just kind of got swept away and, and popped on the back burner and um, I, you know, didn't, I didn't finish year 11 that year. Um, I think I failed attendance. Uh, so, yeah, completely, <laughs> completely, completely off the rails. Um, and then I went through a bunch of other kind of professions before coming back to uh, healthcare. So, I, you know, I, I, it never left me that wanting to help other people, but I was really in, you know, in sort of late teens, early 20s, I was, I was really in a bad place. So I had to really help myself first. And uh, it wasn't until I had a couple of moments um, that were, you know, really, really turned me around in terms of the way that I looked at the food that I was eating and becoming really conscious of where my health was going if I kept partying and taking drugs and, you know, drinking and staying out all night and all that sort of stuff that I was doing. I, I, I came to the realization that I was getting really unhealthy. Um, even though I looked okay from the outside, um, I was this big ball of anxiety and depression on the inside. Um, mm. And I, I was getting really sick and so I was very lucky at around that time that I um, I knew a naturopath uh, who put me on the right track um, I, so I saw a couple of naturopaths over a period of a few years got diagnosed with some food intolerances um, and started looking at changing the food that I ate and as I started to change the food that I ate I started realizing that I was feeling better and then I looked at the amount of cigarettes I was smoking and decided maybe not to do that anymore. So I quit smoking and I, I started taking all the little steps that you need to take along the way to, to change your lifestyle and get healthy. Um, and then once I started to see those results and feel better, I thought, you know, I want other people to experience this. And I became very curious and very inquisitive. Uh, and that actually led to me studying naturopathy there were there were lots of other things in there as well like I the family that I grew up with also had lots of health issues and um, they went through the medical system for their health issues and what mm. I experienced was watching them actually become worse so I saw wow. I saw family members hospitalized um and they had, you know, there were two members of my family who had celiac disease back at a time when doctors would actually say to their faces, I don't believe in celiac disease. It doesn't exist. This was in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I saw the damage that happened to their gut from eating gluten and also, I believe, other things like dairy that were not doing them any favors and lots of processed food, et cetera. And I, I saw what happened. I saw the damage that happened and I saw the health repercussions that happened. So I already had that locked away somewhere in the back of my mind, that slight 
distrust of the medical model, which mm. served which served me well because it 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 fired my curiosity in that direction of wanting to look at whether there was a better way of living and a and natural alternative. Um, now I should add in there we were we were just talking about this before the show that um, in amongst all of that time in my late teens early twenties um, I also did shift work. <laughs> <laughs> You sure did. <laughs> so, so I used to work uh, very, very late hours. I used to start work at about 7 p.m. and I would finish any time between sort of uh, 3 and 7 a.m. Um, and I was dancing with no clothes on in men's clubs. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think that classifies it as shift work even though it was being done in six-inch heels um, with, a drink, with a drink in one hand. Um, so. So it they does, were absolutely. <laughs> so they were definitely um, interesting and colourful and very eclectic in exciting years. Uh, but once I once I started to get my health back on track, obviously some of that party lifestyle had to be kind of put to one side. So uh, so yeah, I I have experienced what it's like to wake up at four in the afternoon and have breakfast, yeah. and to have and to have your body <laughs> clock completely thrown out by that, and to not know whether you're coming or going, and then to try and get to sleep when it's daylight. And and I remember those days. And um, yeah, it it was very very challenging. So yeah, it's kind of interesting to come full circle and then now be talking on a podcast to shift workers <laughs> but with the naturopath hat on now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you certainly have an amazing, um, you know, story, Jules. I mean, it sounds like you've really come, you know, that 180-degree turn from, you know, not just from someone that just has, you know, a, a slightly bad diet and poor lifestyle habits. Like, you've, you know, you've shared with us that you've, you know, really had quite, yeah, a tough upbringing, which, you know, led to a lot of, you know, cigarettes, drugs, smoking, and yeah, the the interesting shift working lifestyle that you were sharing with us with, you know, without the, <laughs> with the high heels on and, and the no clothes. That's, it's definitely not the, the typical shift working um, lifestyle that I guess most of us are, are familiar with. But yeah, it's yeah, kudos to you that you've, you really have, um, you know, completely changed you know your life around and obviously it hasn't happened overnight it's definitely been a journey for you yeah it definitely has and then even once I became a naturopath I wasn't the world's healthiest naturopath mm, I, okay. I I you know when, when I do things I, I tend to give it a hundred percent you may have noticed but <laughs> um <laughs> So even when I became a naturopath, um, I threw myself into that, you know, 100, 110%, I guess I would say, and I was working really long hours in some of my naturopath jobs and uh, I burned myself out. Like I wasn't, I definitely wasn't a picture of glowing health, but again, I looked all right on the outside. So yeah, people would, yeah. you know, people would be like, oh, you look good, but it's like, oh, that's, um, you know, that's that's just the outside. You, you can't. <laughs> see what's going on inside my body you can't see the endometriosis you can't see the joint pain you can't see the digestive troubles you can't see the anxiety you're not there when the anxiety turns up at nine o'clock at night you're you know you don't see that spiral down into depression but they go oh but you look good mm. um you know so it, it's it was really interesting that on the outside it looked like I was walking my talk but on the inside I was I still had some work to do and uh, I, I pushed myself pretty hard when I was living in Melbourne uh, working as a naturopath and uh, working really you know full-on hours and doing lots of travel and stuff like that and, and I just burned out but I thought 
because I had this big bowl of supplements on my kitchen bench, I thought that I was bulletproof. I was like, well, you know, I've got a pill for everything. I've got this B vitamin, that's really good for this. And I've got magnesium, that's good for that. And I've got my fish oil and I've got, you know, I've got this, okay, I've got joint pain. Well, then I'll add some glucosamine powder. Even though I was in my 30s, I was like, well, that's like an old people supplement. But all right, in in the bowl you go. And, you know, oh, you've got this, you've got anxiety. Oh, well, there's a herb for that. So I went and got the herb for the anxiety and I put that in the bowl. The next thing you know, there, there was no room in the bowl. So I got a bigger bowl. And next thing you know, like my bench was full of supplements, pills and potions. And whenever I traveled for work, like, you know, half of my carry-on was like bottles of stuff. And meanwhile, my fridge was empty. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah, yeah what, okay. what's, what's wrong with that picture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, like it, it was a little bit I, possibly conditioned by my shift working days of grab and go eating, yep. of yep. Not, ha- not having food in the house, not being, you know, because I, I never got in those good habits of going to farmer's markets or, or, you know, or Paran market or Vic market or wherever it is you get all your very fresh veggies from because I was asleep or, or possibly hungover um, <laughs> or, or on my way to work again. So, like, because I was, you know, everything's turned upside down and, and I wasn't up during the day to go shopping, like, I would just live on takeaway and I was earning good money. So, I would just live on takeaway and go, hey, I can afford to live on takeaway. And I thought I was eating healthy takeaway, but I don't think there's such a thing, really, because uh, nothing's the same as, as how you would cook it at home. Like, people add sugar and salt to all kinds of healthy-looking meals mm. in takeaway places because they want you to come back for more. They want you to go, oh, my God, this is like the best-tasting stir-fry yeah. ever. And actually, it's full of sugar or something. So, you don't even know what you're getting when you're not cooking from scratch yourself. But, yeah, so meanwhile, I'm living on takeaway and, and what I thought was healthy takeaway – and a massive fruit bowl of supplements. And so there, there hadn't been any good habits created in my life at that point uh, until we burned out. My husband and I both burned out. We had a really, really crappy year uh, in Melbourne and we decided to move to Byron and made it happen really quickly. Like nine months later, we were living up here. And so we sold our place in Melbourne and we, you know, bought a place and then then we'd gone. And um we got up here and we didn't – everyone said we were mad because they're like, oh, you know, you don't have jobs to go to up there. And I'm like, watch me. I'll get a job. I'm good at getting jobs. And we got up here and there's really no jobs. <laughs> there's really no jobs. Everyone's like, we told you so. And we're like, nah, we'll, we'll be right. So I started my own business. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how the blog and, and the, the online business that I've got came about. But in that early stage when we first moved here, in that first couple of months after we moved here and we didn't have jobs yet, we had all this time on our hands and we used to go for drives and we discovered farmers markets. We discovered ah, we discovered okay. farms. There were farms that had roadside stalls right. where you just like pay two dollars and get a lettuce and and pay another two dollars at the next one and they sell bananas and then you drive to the next one and they've got like avocados in a bag and you put your money in the little money box and we we used to know where all well we still do we but we discovered where all the roadside stalls were, and we would just drive around the countryside looking at all the scenery and was just collecting this amazing box of fruit and veggies mm. which would end up only costing us about thirty bucks because remember we weren't working so we were trying to be kind of frugal as well yeah and I'd come home and have this massive colorful you know dynamic beautiful array of fresh produce that I would just spread out on my kitchen bench and then one day I realized that. That fruit bowl of supplements was now 
becoming dwarfed by the massive amounts of fresh produce I had in the house. And that's when I tweaked that the more fresh produce I started adding to that picture, the less supplements I needed in that fruit bowl. And gradually, I was like, I don't need that pill anymore. I don't mm. need that powder anymore. I don't need that that thing, that glucosamine. I don't need that other thing anymore because I'm eating better. And that's when I started watching the fridge fill up and the you know and that that beautiful array of fruit and veggies get bigger. And I watched that you know I, I I got a smaller fruit bowl and put the supplements in the fruit bowl and then got another smaller fruit bowl. And I was like, yeah, this this is what it's all about. Mm. There you go. That's a, that's the real food is medicine. <laughs> Sort of yeah. philosophy, isn't it? Yeah, great, great story. So um, for our listeners, Jules, who may not have actually heard of the term before, are you able to share with us what exactly is adrenal fatigue, which is, you know, obviously you've been through it yourself for sure um, in various in stages, but, yeah, what exactly is adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency? Because it's not actually something that's recognised in mainstream medicine. Well, it's not currently, but it's getting there. Mm, it's definitely okay. getting there. There are there 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 are doctors out there who will now use the term, but there are still many who won't. Mm. Uh, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there who seem more keen on debunking this idea than looking into whether it might be whether it might actually be plausible. So that that what I will say is, if people are out there, and I see this online all the time trying to debunk the term adrenal fatigue, it's like, why are you trying so hard to disprove it? Why are you so adamant about disproving it? Why don't you want to sit back, pan out and just look at it and go, is this possible? Could this be right? Because I do believe at the moment there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, shooting a lot of venom at this term adrenal fatigue. And I, I don't really understand their motivation for disproving it. Is it so they can mm. say, I told you so? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's just my, you know, I'll just get back off my soapbox now. <laughs> so right, that, go for that's it. just my little, my little rant. And, and I do, I, I have come across uh, doctors uh, because, you know, as a naturopath, I do refer back and forth with some doctors and I have come across some GPs who accept the term adrenal fatigue now and understand it. Um, and one GP um, that I had been in, in touch with, who's actually a friend of mine, she's even had it. She'll even she'll even go on the record and say I had adrenal fatigue, and I'm like, this is progress. This is good. We we need to clone you. We need more of you. But they but they are out there and they are growing. Uh, so adrenal fatigue uh, is in a nutshell when you've been in a situation called fight or flight for so long that your adrenal glands have just been overworked to the point where it, they start to malfunction and they tend to take other systems in the body down with them. So when you're in fight or flight, that's a very primitive reaction to danger. So the fight or flight mechanism is designed to pump out cortisol and adrenaline into your bloodstream to make you feel bigger, stronger, more powerful, faster. Because back in the days when we were living in tribes or living in caves, uh, if you were faced with a very stressful or dangerous situation, you would need to be able to either fight 
or take flight, hence the mm. words fight or flight. So um, I know a lot of people always call it the saber-toothed tiger at the at the mouth of your cave. You wake up, you walk out to the mouth of your cave, you go, oh, my God, there's a saber-toothed tiger there. The, the adrenals will then pump out the cortisol, the adrenaline will start going, and your muscles will have more blood sent to them and you will become more alert and you will become stronger and more powerful and faster in that moment so that you can get away from the saber-toothed tiger or if you had to, you could fight it. Mm. And so that that's the process. Now, how does that translate to our modern lives today? It doesn't really because, say, if you go out, you know, any normal city person goes out, gets stuck in a traffic jam, maybe someone cuts them off on Punt Road in Melbourne and they have to slam their brakes on or maybe like your child's running around in the supermarket but you're running late but you have to pick up groceries and then then your kid cracks it or, you know, there's so many situations. Your boss might ring while you're trying to do something else or your mother-in-law might ring while you're trying to do something and you're juggling and women, we juggle and we multitask and it's just stress on top of stress on top of stress and our bodies unfortunately react to that in exactly the same way as mm. if there was a little tiny saber-toothed tiger so your body doesn't know the difference between a traffic jam and a bear at your front door it doesn't know the difference it just knows degrees of danger but it doesn't have a different system for a traffic jam and a different system for a bear. It has one system, and that is we're going to pump out some stress hormones, and those stress hormones are going to make you feel more alert, and they're going to make you feel stronger, and they're going to allow you to get out of this situation, right? Mm. But so, you know when you're sitting in the car and you've got all that stuff coursing through your veins? That's actually not a good thing because, you know, if in, in previous times, in primitive times, you would use that energy, to fight or take flight. You would be running your little heart yeah. out. Yeah, so now when we've got all the stress hormones coursing through our body but we still have to sit in our office chair or we still have to get through another another um, a shift, you know, if you're a nurse and you've got a shift and, you know, you've got patient after patient after patient and, like, it's a really busy night and, you know, you're running on adrenaline, right? You're yeah. running on adrenaline. But what you're running on is a system that's designed to get you away from bigger danger, much, much bigger danger. And at first, we think this is a really good thing, this fight or flight, because we go, oh, my God, like, I felt so good. Like, I was on point. You know, those people who go, oh, my God, I was on point today. Mm. Like, I got so much done. I smashed my to-do list. I was, like, on fire. Like, I am so good at this. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You do know you're going to pay for that down the track if you do that every day, right? Because in wildlife, in, in caves, in huts, in tribes, would we have been faced with a saber-toothed tiger or a bear every day? Oh, yeah, would exactly. We? Exactly, right? yeah. And would we have had five saber-toothed tigers and five bears that day, right? So if you're running on that fight-or-flight mechanism all day, every day, then we got a problem, sister, because your, your adrenals aren't designed for that. They're only designed to work sporadically. They're not designed to do that all day, every day. So that's where that whole term adrenal fatigue comes in. And adrenal insufficiency is just another way of saying that they used to be really good at pumping out these stress hormones, but now they're kind of misfiring. So they might pump out some cortisol when you don't need it. So you're trying to sit and relax and you get this shot of like anxiety. Um, that can be 
in some in some of the earlier stages of adrenal fatigue, sometimes your adrenals will just pump out cortisol um, at odd times. And like the a very typical one is people who are really tired and they fall asleep on the couch and then they sit, you know, they go to bed at about sort of nine ten p.m. and then they sit bolt upright in bed and they go geez, I fell asleep on the couch, I was exhausted, but now I'm wide awake and I can't sleep. So that's cortisol. Mm, um, yeah, and then, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, from there, in the later stages of adrenal fatigue, what can happen is the adrenals don't pump out cortisol when they should. We should have a little bit of cortisol in our system. Right? We have to have a balance. There should be some cortisol going on. But in the later stages of adrenal fatigue, or that's when people would say adrenal insufficiency, that would be when you're in a stressful situation and you either feel nothing or you just feel really sapped and tired, you know, that real energy sapping kind of feeling. You go, like, like depleted kind of thing really. Yeah, like you got yep. no, like you got nothing in the tank and yep. now if you're stressed or busy, it will actually make you feel really tired rather than wired. So you go from wired to tired. And that that's that slippery slope from the earlier stages of adrenal fatigue to the later later stages. Now, once you get to those later stages, then those adrenals are going to have a little bit of a party with some of your other organs. So your thyroid may start to, you know, cop mm. some of the repercussions. Uh, your female reproductive hormones um, definitely uh, take a bit of a beating because the same precursors that you need to make some of these stress hormones are the same precursors that you need to make female reproductive hormones, which means if you're making lots of stress hormones, you're not making as many reproductive hormones or you're not getting the right balance of reproductive hormones because the body prioritizes. If it thinks there's a saber-toothed tiger at your door, it's going to prioritize blood to the limbs. It's going to prioritize blood to the brain. It's going to prioritize getting those stress hormones produced so that you feel bigger, faster, and stronger. It's not going to prioritize something like, say, digestion or female reproductive hormone production, thyroid hormone production, etc. Mm. So this is where some of the other systems in the body start to falter, and that's when we can have all those fun symptoms that we often talk about. So. Yeah, that's interesting, Jules, because uh, I've just spent a year um, in our student clinic um, at Endeavour up here in Brizzy and I was just um, seeing shift-working clients, you know, for obvious reasons. I'm quite passionate about, you know, their health and well-being. But, you know, pretty well much, you know, every, you know, shift worker I was seeing would, you know, yes, they've got the tiredness factor from what they do, um, but the, they've many of them had the thyroid problems or the yeah. female repro, th you know, problems as well. So it, it really does, you know, explain how, yeah, everything is so intricately, you know, related. You know, it's not just all about one system. It just, you know, if one system falls apart, it just can have this cascading effect on other systems. Yep, they, they're all connected and they all draw on the same resources in order to function. So uh, say if you're, if you're really stressed or if you're really busy, and, and by the way, just, just so that everyone's really clear, busy is perceived by the body as stress. If you're busy, your mm. body thinks it's stress. It mm. doesn't know. It's not in your head, right? It doesn't understand. Like there's, there, there's actually that disconnection between the brain and the rest of the body mm. that doesn't doesn't the body doesn't understand the difference between really really busy and really really stressed and therefore it just goes saber tooth tiger sweet i know what to do here have some have some stress hormones so if you're really busy or you're really stressed and 
you're going to be drawing on reserves of things like B vitamins and magnesium to make all those things happen. Like you need, in order for healthy adrenals to pump out cortisol, you need to feed those adrenals with like B6, for example, or magnesium. And so they're going to chew through more magnesium and more B6 when, when they're stressed, right? Now, you also need B6 for female hormone balance, right? B6 is so indicated in like PMS and menopause, it's not even funny. Any female hormone issue, any female repro issue, I always, always look at B6. So see the connection? If you're chewing through the B6 over there, there's nothing left for the other. Mm. So everything is connected because the reserves that your body draws upon, it's the same pool. Yeah, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So how can you, um, like how do you test for adrenal fatigue um, then, Jules? Is it something that you can recommend for your patients to do at home or are there, you know, pathological tests that you can recommend, you know, for clients to undertake? Yeah, and this is why I don't understand why it hasn't been widely picked mm. up by the medical fraternity yet because mm. there is a really simple test we can do. Uh, the one that I do on my patients, it costs about 120 bucks. You get your results back within a couple of weeks and it's a saliva test that you do at home and then you post it off. It's called an adrenocortex stress profile and you give four saliva samples at four different points throughout the day and then it comes back to me in the results as a little chart that shows the cortisol levels throughout the day. Now, in the early stages of adrenal fatigue, I'll see cortisol that's spiked at different points throughout the day that's too high at certain points throughout the day. Uh, in the later stages of adrenal fatigue, I might see cortisol that's a little bit flatline looking and, and needs to be brought back up. So for me, it's really easy to see on these test results what needs to be then done with that person mm-hmm. to, to balance them. And look, you know, naturopaths have been... Naturopaths have been uh, addressing this condition for years. Like we've we've been we've been working on adrenals for years, and we used to just go off symptoms, and we can still go off symptoms. I don't necessarily test everyone because sometimes it's like it, it's a clear cut case. I don't need to see mm. the. Ch- I'm like, hey, we you can spend it. 120 <laughs> bucks, and you can look at the chart, and it's a really pretty chart, and it's got colours. So if you want the chart, it's going to cost 120 bucks. Or we can just give you these herbs and these supplements and these breathing exercises, and we're mm. going to help. We're going to help to plan your day better and blah blah blah. So we could just take action. Uh, but with some people, I do test because some people it's hard to to differentiate to see what stage they might be in or what their cortisol is doing throughout the day. Um, sometimes I've tested people just because they need to see the results before they're motivated enough to stick to the plan. Ah, okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. So like that bit of paper. Yep. Yeah, some people are just really nerdy and they like to see results mm. too. Like, and I get that. I'm mm. like, yeah, cool. We Definitely. we can do that. We yeah. can totally do that. So yeah, there is a test, and and I don't understand why more people don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess though it was interesting though that you mentioned though because sometimes you know you don't need to. The only you know thing that I sort of um, I guess you know from a shift working perspective is that I I kind of know that you know when a shift worker walk comes in and see me there. Their profile is their cortisol is going to be all over the place, you know, no yeah. matter what before we even start. So it's kind of, um, you know, do we bother? As you beautifully yeah. said just then, <laughs> why you know why bother with the hundred and twenty you know dollar test? Because you know, as soon really as that, pretty, it's yeah. really pretty, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, it is, and it is fascinating. Yeah, it is definitely fascinating because you, the more that you kind of learn 
um, about your body and what it's doing, it does, it kind of helps you understand, as you also just said, you know, motivates people to, oh, okay, well, I do need to adjust this. Because when our alarm clock goes off at 3 a.m. in the morning, that for us is our saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then what do most people then go and do? They go and have coffee. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. adrenals love not. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. can I just can I just say that the relationship with caffeine and adrenal fatigue is a really interesting one because in the early stages of adrenal fatigue, it's more likely to make you feel a bit jittery. Like and yep. uh, you know, at first like caffeine makes you feel great and you know, it it helps to it helps you to get through the day. But then after a while, as you go further into adrenal fatigue, what you'll often see is people who have coffee and that maybe on their second or third coffee of the day, mm. they'll get really jittery and they'll be like, oh, I used to have six coffees a day and I was fine. But now on my third coffee, I feel really weird and a bit anxious and I, my palms are sweaty and it's like, okay. Um, or later stages of adrenal fatigue, which is the one I really worry about, is when people are still drinking coffee, but they say it doesn't really have an effect on them anymore. They still have to have it to kind of bring them up to baseline, but it doesn't it doesn't make them feel good anymore. They say sometimes yeah, right. they have yep. a coffee and they might feel tired from having it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. As and also do you mean by it doesn't um keep them awake? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't keep them awake. It mm. just it makes it them feel really, less crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and if they've if they've been drinking coffee for a long time, they kind of have to have it to feel okay. Mm. But where it used to make you feel a bit more alert and mm. awake, now it it doesn't it doesn't bring you up past that baseline. Mm. So there's your alarm bell. Well, yes. that leads me to my next question, and which you've sort of touched on a little bit already. But what kind of lifestyle and you know nutritional recommendations would you recommend for adrenally fatigued clients? You've already touched on. Um, B6, and I guess from a lifestyle perspective, for shift workers, sleep is our Achilles heel. It's not something that we can all actually magically change and do the beautiful eight hours sleep and go to bed at the same time, you know, every night. So what, um, yeah, what sort of lifestyle and nutritional recommendations do you think that might be, you know, spot on for, um, you know, our shift working uh, listeners? It's a hard one because we can't all just move to a cave in the Himalayas and just meditate and have someone bring us a bowl of rice every day. You know, it's, it's not realistic. And to be honest, if, if someone stuck me in a cave in the Himalayas and made me meditate and brought me a bowl of rice every day, I'd probably be more stressed. Yeah, that's right. Because um, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit type A. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. So it, it's, with the lifestyle changes, I think it comes down to what sort of personality you are. You need to know yourself. Mm. You need to understand what's going to be good for you. Beautiful. And yeah. If, if it might come down to whether you're an introvert or an extrovert as well or um, a type A or more of a laid-back person. So if, you, uh, if you've got adrenal fatigue and you need to slow down, you need to slow down, but there's different ways to slow down. So I, the first thing I do lifestyle-wise with a lot of my clients is make sure that they're not over-exercising, like really full-on exercising um, worries me with adrenal fatigue. And I know, um, I think it's Dr. Nat Kringudis, she'll, she'll say a similar thing as well. There's a few practitioners around the traps who, who have spoken about this, uh, that if you're doing really, really full-on, you know, high-intensity adrenaline-pumping exercise, 
notice I said adrenaline pumping yeah. exercise? Yeah. yeah. So you might be doing that to try and fill a void. Um, people who go out on a really big full-on run until they feel good, you know, that happy, you know, surge of dopamine kind of good mm. feeling. Yeah, not necessarily good for your adrenals because you're basically trying to squeeze the life out of them. <laughs> so... And I know that the people are like, yeah, but I have to go for a run or I have to go and do CrossFit or I have to go and do X, Y, and Z to feel normal. And it's like, okay, so we've got a neurotransmitter problem. This is part of the whole adrenal fatigue picture. We need to look at why you need that exercise to feel really amazing. We need to bring down that exercise. I'm not saying no exercise, but we need to just bring down that intensity a little mm. bit and maybe do more strength training or, you know, things that aren't that real adrenaline pumping stuff. And I'm guilty of it too. I mean, geez, I've had adrenal fatigue and in the past 12 months let's see what have I done um surfing roller derby um so you know I know I I understand this because I'm doing it too um and it's like okay why am I always drawn to these sorts of sports um even beach volleyball which I love is you know you have to be alert and every point is like exciting so I understand that we are often if we've got a problem with our adrenals we can be naturally drawn towards that stuff but Perhaps you need to balance it out with, mm. yo dare I say, yoga. Mm -hmm. I know I'm in Byron, but mm -hmm. I'm going to get all hippie and say, you know, yoga, love move, yoga. Mm. moving meditations. Like if you're not the sort of person who can sit and meditate, then moving meditations, yoga, qigong, um, pranayama, breathing exercises, uh, tai chi, anything that keeps you from thinking about anything else that's gentle while you're doing it is, is going to get a tick from me. So walking in nature, um, you know, really grounding yourself in nature, getting the shoes off, that whole earthing concept, it's not such a silly idea at all. Really getting connected with your environment. All those things are, are wonderful things to add to your lifestyle. Uh, and then also on top of that, I, I usually get my clients to download some sort of mindfulness app onto their phone and to find five to ten minutes a day to start with just to do a mindfulness exercise, which, you know, it's a bit like doing meditation, but it's more guided. Um, and there's heaps of beautiful mindfulness apps out there now. Um, I use one called Smiling Mind. I think there's one called Headspace, Tiny Buddha, maybe. Anyway, yeah, I use Smiling Mind. I just love it. And I find that you can, you can do that in the car. I tell some of my mums to do the school run five minutes early and sit around the corner from the school and put your headphones in and do a mindfulness exercise for five minutes. Like, oh, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, that, that five to ten minutes a day mm. can help to bring down cortisol levels. They've done studies. They've measured this stuff. Like this, this, isn't, this isn't something that I've just pulled out of the sky. Like this, this is real and it can be measured and it works. So the more of those you can do, the better. And if you just – I sometimes think for some of my adrenal fatigue clients, they're better off doing – three or four five-minute spots throughout the day than trying to do one 20-minute spot because that one 20-minute spot will stress them out and they'll start thinking about their to-do list and what they're going to have for dinner. Mm. So, <laughs> so, yeah, breaking up your day, breaking even five minutes of yoga there, 10 minutes of you know mindfulness there, breaking up that day so that you're kind of cooling your jets during the day 
rather than waiting till the end and then trying to get it all cooled down at the end, right, like you're better mm. off just having points throughout the day. And if you have to make an appointment with yourself, then so be it. You have to go hide in, you know, in a broom cupboard and put your headphones in for five minutes, so be it. Mm. I don't care how you get it done, mm. but, but this, it has to happen. These are the things that have to happen. You've got to stop being so busy and, and start maybe saying no to a few things and, yeah, self-care, oh which God, can be hard the, to do. The no train. The, you've got to get on. Uh, Marie Folio calls it the no train. She's like, you've got to get on the no train. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because it is. It's instinctual, isn't it? We just sort of go, oh, yes, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. And, yeah, you, you just. Yeah. Adding- all the women. Women, I'm looking at all of you yeah. right now. All the women. <laughs> All the mums, I'm looking at all of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're listening going, oh, <laughs> guilty, 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 guilty. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, look, that, yeah, that's great, great tips in there, um, Jules. A lot of, um, yeah, a lot of golden nuggets um, to be had in, in um, yeah, what you've just said. That's, yeah, fantastic. Uh, look, I guess before um, we um, wrap up the podcast, um, I just wanted to um, – uh, ask you, it, and it's it's a little it's a slight change of topic actually because I'm a little bit of a mad traveller, um, and I always like to ask my guests what their favourite holiday destination is and why. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you've just come back from holidays, which is Noosa, but do you yeah. mind sharing with us your favourite place to perhaps to um, dampen that adrenal fatigue? <laughs> <laughs> I I loved my chosen holiday destination so much that I moved here. <laughs> oh, course, right. Okay. It was, it honestly was our most frequent and our favourite holiday destination for so many years and we were sitting on a beach in Byron Bay talking about what a crappy year we'd had and my husband and I just looked at each other and he said, we could just move here. <laughs> And that's how it happens. So, look, I, I I live in paradise. Like it is, it's stunning, and I I get to go and and visit the beach whenever I want. It's only ten fifteen minutes up the road. Like I'll get in the car and I'll drive to the beach and pretend I'm on holiday with all the holiday people, and I'll I'll do <laughs> we do the, yeah all the we call them touros. Love it. All the touros. At the moment, it's full of schoolies, so I'm hibernating in my little house. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But look, I think we're 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 very blessed and and very lucky. But also, people will be like, "Oh, you're so lucky." And we're like, "Actually, we made it happen." Yeah. And we we threw in we threw in some pretty decent pay packets and yeah. decent jobs and a a house that was in a good spot and you know all we we threw in what looked like on paper a very sensible life to move to here. And a lot of people said we were crazy, but then now a lot of people say that we're lucky, and it's like, no, we did the crazy thing to get lucky. Mm. So yeah, like we 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 went out on that limb. But yeah, so now look, I I'm in Byron, and when I plan holidays, I'm like, hmm, uh, Noosa, Hawaii, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or I could just stay um, where I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the next trip that I'm doing is actually um, I'm fundraising at the moment to go to Greece uh, to work in a Syrian refugee camp for a couple of weeks. So that's oh, wow. not going to be, a, that's definitely not going to be a holiday. Uh, but that's, that's our next, that's my next trip. Yeah. So. Wow. That'd be amazing. Amazing. Oh, I look forward yeah. to hearing, you know, how that 
that kind of all pans out for you. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this has been great chatting with you, Jules. Um, So where um, can people find you to learn more about what you do? Because I know, um, just having a little bit of a sticky beak on your website, um, that you do have a a 12-week program um, that's designed to help people move from feeling, you know, fatigued to fabulous, which I really like the sound of that. Um, (laughs) Can you tell us, yeah, how can people find you? Yeah, so my website is at julesgalloway.com and there you'll find all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I am a naturopath, so I do see people for one-on-one consultations and that can either be done in person if you're lucky enough to live up this way or via Skype if you would rather do it from uh, elsewhere. And I also have... uh, recipe ebooks available on that website and also if you hop on julesgalloway.com and you look down the right hand side you'll see a little a little button there that says get your free guide to healing your adrenals and it's just a really simple one page guide to help get you started on track to to helping yourself with adrenal fatigue so just really really simple actionable steps that you can start um, taking action on today And so that's there on the website. And I've also got my podcast called Shiny Healthy You. So if you head into iTunes, you'll find it there. Um, And like you mentioned earlier, it's on the wellness couch. And my 12-week program, the Fatigue to Fabulous in 12 Weeks, is sitting on uh, shinyhealthyyou.com. Mm, lots of re- different resources there to um, get some great um, tips, which I'm I'm sure, yeah, my listeners are going to love. Yeah, it sounds great. So thanks so much uh, for joining me uh, today, Jules, and for sharing some of your naturopathic insights on adrenal fatigue. I'm sure many of my sleep-deprived, adrenally exhausted listeners <laughs> will have learned <laughs> heaps from you today. <laughs> Sitting there with a coffee in hand, it's all good. It's oh, all good. you didn't tell yeah. us that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for having me, Audra. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. And there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit. And you can also leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store, which will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organizations all around the world. If you'd like to access uh, more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.